Hi, I'm Ellie, and I'm going through some pretty trying times on my very own trying to conceive journey. And if you're here, I'm guessing you are too. In this pod, we're talking about all things TTC and fertility to try and feel less alone as we get to know our bodies, while also exploring the different journeys that we might be on to try and meet our baby. Whether you're battling with infertility, trying after loss, or just starting out trying for the first time and you don't know where to begin, this pod is for you. Welcome to The Trying Times. Hello, you lovely lot. How are you? Like, really, how are you? Have a little check-in with yourself, because it's really important that from time to time, we notice how we're doing, how we're feeling. And if you aren't feeling so good today, then that is okay. This journey is hard, and it's frustrating and upsetting and just like everything. It's consuming. And if it's consuming you right now, then notice it. Feel it and then have a little word with it and tell it no. Tell it that today you're going to choose you. Do something that makes you feel good today, even if it's something as small as making a cup of tea and reading a chapter of your book or eating some chocolate or going for a lovely walk in nature. Whatever it is that makes you feel like you. And if you genuinely feel okay today, then amazing. That is absolutely allowed too. I used to feel guilty for feeling okay, especially when I was grieving, because I thought that it meant that I didn't care. And actually, it didn't mean that at all. It meant that I was just allowing myself to exist again. Feeling okay and smiling about the good times is a good thing. I recently talked in counselling about my journey, like my angels, and I told her the story, like the whole story, not just like the bad bits, but the good bits too. The finding out for the first time, the sharing of the news with my family, like the pure joy that I felt in that. And it made me feel good talking about that. It didn't feel as heavy because I was celebrating them. They did bring me so much happiness for the short time they were with me. And we can feel happiness and still be grieving. The two aren't mutually exclusive. So if you feel okay today, that's a good thing. Feel it. Really feel it. Enjoy it. Today I want to talk to you about living while trying to conceive. And what I mean by living is doing all those things that we used to do without worrying or thinking about TTC constantly. Is it possible? (laughs) It feels like it takes over our lives, doesn't it? And in a way, it does. It completely engulfs us. We are always thinking and dreaming about the future that feels so close, yet so far away, (laughs) while also worrying about the present, the actual getting pregnant part, and the what ifs. What if it doesn't happen this cycle? What if it doesn't happen for a really long time? What if I miss peak and ovulation when I'm tracking? What if we don't baby dance enough? What if we baby dance too much and will that affect things negatively? What if we are out or we are apart on ovulation day and we miss it completely? What if I do fall pregnant and then I have to cancel things that I've already planned? Or what if I miscarry again? I have severe endometriosis and I suffer badly around my periods. So on top of the worries that I've mentioned already, there is a whole lot of planning around when it might flare up. So what if my period comes? When we're away somewhere? What if I have to cancel plans is a huge one for me. In my last two week wait, I realized that I had made sure that my week when my period was due was completely empty from plans because I can't have plans when I'm on my period with the pain from the endometriosis. It's just, it's a no goer. But that caused its own problems. I had nothing to take over my brain and the constant thoughts of any potential pregnancy. There was nothing to distract me. So I was constantly obsessing, overthinking every single symptom, opening my apps and my charts every few hours because even though nothing would have changed on them, I needed it. It was like a drug. I needed to get a fix of seeing the chart. 
Now there are months where it is easier and I don't obsess as much. And that's usually when I've got a lot on, like when we went skiing in the two week wait or away with the family. But we can't just book a holiday or a trip every month, can we? It's not practical. So how do we distract ourselves? How do we switch off? I haven't found the answer, but I have always felt better when I'm busy focusing on other areas of my life. So this is where it's important for us to find our identity away from TTC, because TTC does become an identity, right? I mean, who else feels like an entirely different person since being on this journey? I do. I've definitely changed. And I will argue that some of that is for the better, because I am stronger and I do stick up for myself more these days. I advocate for myself more, mainly because I have to, but I do it. In fact, I have been having some grief counselling recently, like I mentioned before, and that has been super helpful to process my losses. And I want to share with you something that she said to me that unlocked something huge for me. And if you've been going through a loss, I really hope that you can take something from this. We were talking about how angry I felt and how I didn't recognise myself anymore because I snap at people a lot more. I'm much more argumentative than I have been in the past. If I have something to say, I'm more likely to say it now than avoid conflict. And she said this. She said that my babies have given me the strength to stand up for myself more. They have given me the power to fight for myself. And without them, I'd still be letting people walk all over me. But they have given me the strength. They have given me so much. And without them... I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be here sitting talking to you guys. I wouldn't be on this journey helping other people get through this. In that moment, my perspective changed. I didn't like the person that I had become at first. And now I love her because my babies have made me into her. They have given me that strength. My new identity on the other side of loss doesn't have to be negative. It's actually beautiful. So if you've gone through loss and you're sat listening to this, feeling that anger and feeling like why have I got to be so strong your babies have given you that strength and I think that's really powerful but yeah going back to identity away from trying finding things that make you you that aren't TTC maybe that's your work especially if you enjoy your career maybe it's something else maybe it's something creative like cooking or baking or painting writing or maybe you're into sports and going to the gym Things that bring you joy. Happiness is also contagious. So if you're around other like-minded people who enjoy similar things to you and those hobbies, you're going to feel better about things because they bring your energy up. But also you can bring your energy up by filling your cup with things that feel good for you. If opening that app with your charts multiple times a day does not make you feel good, don't do it. And I'm really talking to myself here with that one. If going for a walk that you just can't be bothered to do will actually make you feel better when you're doing it, do it. If there's that class or that thing that you've been putting off joining or booking because what if you fall pregnant and then you won't be able to do it then? Book it. What's the worst that can happen? You have to cancel? And? Now, I know that there are some areas that are slightly harder to navigate, things that you can't commit to and then just cancel. Last year, after Ben proposed, we talked about when to have the wedding and what that would look like while we were TTC and if I was pregnant. I sat for ages working out the dates and how pregnant I would be at different times of the year and what different due dates would be. In the end, we both said, fuck it. Let's just have our wedding when we want to. Screw the deposits and all of that. And if I'm pregnant, we'll just make it work. 
In the end, we booked our wedding for five months later. We were going to go for the summer, but then there was that I don't want to be full-term pregnant on our wedding day and end up missing it for the birth of our child. It's kind of ironic and funny that I'm sat here now, close to our would-have-been wedding date, and I'm not even close to being pregnant, let alone full-term. But as the wedding got closer, I started worrying. What if I fall pregnant and I'm in the first trimester? Will I have awful morning sickness again like I did with Angel and then not enjoy the day? What if I bleed on my wedding day? What if I miscarry at the wedding? What if I miscarry just before the wedding? Will it then ruin all of the build-up with all the grief and have to process all of that again? I didn't want to take that risk. And there was also the risk of endo. I didn't want to have a flare-up on the wedding day if I wasn't pregnant. And then there was only one thing that I could do to stop that risk. And that was for me going on the pill and running it through, which felt so wrong after trying to conceive for so long. It felt so counterintuitive, but I was going to do it. I called the doctors and I asked to go back on the pill to have a break from the pain and they agreed. And I ended up picking up the prescription. My plan was to take it in February, March and April, which is our wedding month. And then we would stop after the wedding and then we would start trying again. And this is where it all went wrong, my friends. All the best laid plans. Because that was the month that I fell pregnant again. Just before I was starting the pill again. The universe had other plans. I was all ready to go back on the pill and my little love decided to come and say hi. And my head spiralled. Don't get me wrong, I was happy to be pregnant again. But as I'm sure a lot of you who have been through loss understand, there is a huge fear There was almost a moment of, oh my God, this can't be happening because I was so scared of losing them again, especially so close to the wedding. Spoiler alert, I miscarried around a week later. So what I had been trying to avoid happening, it happened and I grieved again, of course I did. And all of the work that I put into with finding and feeling joy and genuine excitement in all of the pre-wedding love, it disappeared. And I was so angry with everything and with everyone so at this point I couldn't start the pill because I was miscarrying so we just had to prevent for that month which felt horrible the point in my story here is that we can do our best to plan for things to plan around things but we can't really control what's going to happen so we have to give in and we have to go with the flow as hard as that is And trust me, I understand how hard that is. I hate, 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 hate not being in control of situations. I need to plan. I need an element of control or my anxiety spirals. But I mean, there is very limited control that you can have on this journey. And that's why I track. That's why I take tests when I do. It's a small way of controlling something that feels very out of control. I mean, of course, there are more extreme ways of taking control, like going back on the pill and preventing Once again, I'm in this predicament at the moment. First the wedding, now the honeymoon. Now, Ben doesn't do holidays. He hates the idea of going away, but secretly loves it when he's there. It's really annoying. (laughs) But I have planned us this wonderful honeymoon to a luxurious resort in September. And this is very rare. We don't really do holidays like this. The ski trip we went to at the start of the year, that was really random and such a treat. But anyway, because we are splashing out on this all-inclusive, 
I want to be able to enjoy it. I don't want to be grieving. I don't want to be thinking about what if I miscarry while I'm away. I'll also be on injections the next time I fall pregnant and the thought of traveling with them and having to take them while on holiday and being bruised in a bikini. Yeah, not the one. And selfishly, I don't want to be sick while I'm away. Like I mentioned before, I had awful morning sickness with Angel, my first baby, and I was wrecked. And I'm more than okay to go through that again while I'm at home, but abroad. Missing out on all that amazing food that this resort has, mm, I don't really want to do that. We've been on this ride for so long now, and I never take breaks, not real true breaks anyway. And this time I think I need a real break. So this last cycle was the last cycle of us trying. We will be taking three cycles off now until after our honeymoon. I don't wanna go back on the pill, just like before the wedding, that feels wrong. So we are just going to be avoiding around the fertile window. Unless it's looking like my period would fall when we're abroad and then we might have to have a look at how to prevent that from happening. <laughs> I'd rather cancel the trip than have a flare up abroad. Like seriously, it's, it's that bad, it would just ruin the trip. But my worry now is, how do you take a break? Like physically, I get it. You stop baby dancing or you prevent, you know, <laughs> you do other things instead. But I mean mentally, emotionally, ovulation is going to come round and it'll be a battle. The temptation of, oh, it won't hurt, you know, it's unlikely I'll fall pregnant. And you talk yourself into trying again because it feels wrong not to try when you've been at it month after month, year after year. Your head says no, this break is needed, but your emotions take over. I asked some of you guys over on Instagram how you have gone about taking a break and what has helped you get through it without thinking about TTC all the time. And this is what you said. The first one made me laugh quite a lot. It was sleeping a lot more to help the days go faster, like wishing the days away. How many of you have done this too? I'm guilty of it. When you go to bed early after you've had a bad day, just to like start afresh the next day, or like it's the same in TTC when you're like in the two week wait and you're trying to get later on in into it so you can start testing and all of that. You go to bed early so it's going to be the next day and just sleep through life. But that's no way to live, is it? Then there was knowing that you're going to go back to it after the break and planning for that, getting everything you might need, like ovulation tests and vitamins and maybe a few baby bits to like manifest it, getting everything ready for after your break and having a chart that's like counting down the days until you're getting back to it. I quite like that organization side of things, but then it's not really switching off from TTC. So yes, it's good for to have the break and know you're, you've got a goal in the future that it's gonna, you're gonna come back to it. But again, it's that like, how do you live? How do you live away from it? Getting off social media for a bit. I 50-50 agree with this one. Some days I hate the fact that all I consume is TTC on social media because of the algorithm and how it all works. I did have a couple of weeks where I logged off last year and it was a bit of a double-edged sword because there were days during that when I felt I needed the social media to get that support that I needed. Seeing others in the same situation as me and feeling less alone. So I guess it depends on how you are when you're logging off. If you're feeling like you need people, and that support in what you're going through, mine was during my miscarriage, then maybe it's not the right time. But if you're feeling okay, do it. A social media break can definitely be worthwhile so you aren't consuming it every single day. The next one is such a hard one. Hiding tests away and deleting all the apps. I've done this. 
I put everything in a box and I put the box on the highest shelf, which was way out of reach for me. And guess what? I climbed up there. I went to get the box and I almost hurt myself in that process. (laughs) Um, But I got the box just to take just one test, just to see. And then it's not a real breakaway from it, is it? I mean, maybe that's fine. I mean, cutting down is a type of break too. And the months that I've cut down, I felt really good. It's the best of both worlds. And deleting the apps does get rid of that temptation of opening them and charting. I struggle with that one though. I don't like not being able to see my chart, but I get it. Like deleting the apps is definitely better because you won't be tempted to look. Yoga and exercise, going to the gym and having a workout plan to focus on or a challenge. Yes, yes, yes. I love this because not only does it give you a focus, but it keeps you feeling good with the endorphins and having it as a challenge that you have to stick to every day, that gives your mind a focus like with the everyday testing. So maybe make it a direct swap. Instead of testing that day, go for a run or, you know, do something that's more physical for you but there's an action that takes away from the testing. And you know you're doing something good for the future you when you're ready to try again and you're making your body and your mind the healthiest it can be. Self-care, absolutely. Do things for you. Creative projects was a big one that kept coming up. Getting that focus into something worthwhile. Maybe even make it focused to your future if you wanted to, with perhaps making, I don't know, a blanket or something special that could be used for a future baby. Getting stuck into a good TV series, I'm all about that. I love a good TV binge. It's real escapism, isn't it? Like movies and TV and even games. Someone mentioned The Sims and I am so here for that. I love playing The Sims. Reading books, I do this for me as well. Like getting stuck into someone else's world for a while. The next one was having things to look forward to. Now, maybe we can't go on holiday every month, but we can plan treats and nice things for ourselves. Like booking a massage and getting your nails done. Someone once told me about how they celebrated cycle day one with a bottle of wine. I like that. It's not something I can do because of endo and the medications I have to take on cycle day one, but hey, if you can, why not? I really like choosing to put a positive spin on it. You can go on dates with your partner where you don't talk about like TTC and trying and anything to do with this world. Like fun dates, not talk over dinner dates but things like crazy golf bowling paddle boarding i don't know kayaking bike rides cooking and baking together even things that will make you giggle together and remember why you're doing this in the first place because you love each other and you want to create a family together another one i liked was focusing on doing the things that would suck if you were pregnant or you had kids doing all those things that you won't be able to do in the future once we've completed this journey And the last one I'm going to talk about here is stopping looking at Dr. Google for every symptom. Hands up if you're guilty of this. It's easier said than done, right? I'm so guilty of this. I guess it's noticing when you're doing it and making a choice to shut the web browser and quite literally shake it off. Sometimes I physically do that as well. Like shake as if the thoughts are going to fall out of my body. (laughs) Maybe I'm crazy, but try it. It's actually kind of fun. And sometimes I feel like it works. I guess it's going back to what I said earlier, finding your identity away from trying, hobbies and interests that aren't in this trying world and throwing yourself headfirst into them. We're hopefully going to be moving house in not too distant future, which is gonna be a good focus, but finding things that truly bring joy and take your focus 
That is hard and it's okay to find it hard. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try and not think about it, to relax, yep, that old goody, (laughs) but it's more learning to live with it than hide away from it. So when those thoughts do come into your head, it's about thinking, yep, I see you, I acknowledge you, I haven't forgotten you, and now I'm going to put my focus into something else, something that makes me feel good instead. Does that make sense? I hope so. It's scary not thinking about it, especially when it's after loss because you don't want your babies to feel like you've forgotten them and moved on. But the truth is you never really move on, do you? It's always there. They're always with you. But you don't have to feel sad or consumed by the loss or the journey. That's allowed too. Not feeling sad or consumed by every minute. It doesn't mean you love them any less or you love your future baby any less if you weren't thinking about it 24-7. It's okay. Allow yourself to forget about it for a while. No, nothing is going to change. And I really need to listen to my own advice here. (laughs) Maybe I should listen back to this a few times. I'm with you. It's hard. We are okay. We will be okay. We've got each other to vent to when we need it. But you are allowed to let it go from time to time, whenever you want to. That's down to you, my love. It really is. Take back a little bit of control by saying, no, I'm choosing me today. I'm choosing to have a day, an hour, even a minute off. I'm allowing myself this time for me. And if you need to come and have a vent about it, come and have a vent about it. You can find us over on the community page through Patreon on my website, effortlesslyelly.com. We're here to support each other. We're here to cry together, to scream together and share our joys as well. Do come over and share what you're getting up to for you this cycle. Come and tell us your hobbies, the things you're doing away from TTC. Let's celebrate our identities away from trying as well as supporting each other through the hard times. Next week, we are going to be going back to talking about tracking, but this time it's all about tracking temperature and I am excited about this. I love this topic. Charting your temperature to help with knowing when ovulation happens and like trying to confirm it. It's another biggie. So if you haven't already listened to episode three about ovulation tests and you're new to tracking, I'd highly recommend listening to that one first before temping because they go really nicely together and the new episode on temping is already live over on patreon so if you want to go over there and click on early access you'll be able to listen to that right now so much love as always and i'll talk to you again very soon bye